This episode is brought to you by the Grace Enough podcast, where host Amber Cullum and her guests delve into hard truths and the unwavering grace of God while journeying in the kingdom of God here on earth. Listen every week at graceenoughpodcast.com or on your favorite listening app. Welcome to the Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. Brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary. Okay, now let's talk about a movie that was completely different than Noah. It was yes. a completely different end of the spectrum, com- yes. uh, completely different set of goals. Uh, if I can say it this way, everything perhaps a person coming out of the church would want yes. out of a movie uh, in many ways. It was the movie that was first mentioned in the email that I read, God's Not Dead. Yes. Produced, I take it, by Christians. Uh, yes. I-, I think they were called Purity Films or Pure Film or something pure like that. Pure Flicks, yeah. okay. Pure so I-, 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 I thought, that, well, that was interesting. And then, and then it got. I mean, the Newsboys run through the whole mm-hmm. show, so you gotta like the music. That was pretty cool, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but completely different. Now, uh, one of the things I want to say right off is it's not right or wrong here. It's just different style. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, everything that Noah wasn't, this was, and vice versa. Noah was epic. Set in an ancient world, mm-hmm. a lot of suggestion and um, and things to ponder. God's not dead was in your face. Mm-hmm. Modern world, uh, you didn't have to work hard to figure out the message. The message was right there, up front the whole time. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, so a very very different movie, attempting to do obviously a very different thing with very different goals um, and. and my take on it is, is 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 some of it I bought some of it because I've operated in a university setting. I'd sit there and say, I'm not sure the professor could have gotten away with everything that he got away with if he had handled his classroom that way. Uh, but I might be wrong. In some places, he might have been able to do that. So there was a little bit of it that had an air of uh, I thought in relationship to the way the university really is unreality to it, and and that took away from the value of it to some degree. But that's a complaint no different than my deist God and Noah. Um, on the other hand, there were very substantive things said about worldviews in the exchanges mm-hmm. that were very much uh, appropriate to the conversation our culture has with itself when it's in debate on various worldviews. That's correct. Yeah. And so it was, from that standpoint, it was valuable. So my, my read on God's Not Dead was, was mixed in a – Similar but distinct way, given the different genre and the way it was handled, from from Noah. And again, we're talking again about this word I'm going to use a lot now, nuance, as we read these movies. What was your take on God's Not Dead? Um, and uh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, it's the same thing that I told uh, to people that asked me after they knew that I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, it is a movie by Christians, um, for Christians, mm-hmm. about Christians, mm-hmm. right? And that that type of movie will hit a home run every single time with the Christian community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the filmmakers knew that, mm-hmm. and they um, they made a movie that the Christian community could champion. Mm-hmm. Um, they really know their audience, mm-hmm. and and that's even you know part of what I said about no. I'm mm-hmm. like you got to know your audience, mm-hmm. you know. And in each one of these, you have to know your audience. So, in that respect, God is not dead. 
uh, is a movie made to encourage believers mm -hmm. and to encourage Christians. And I know they would say, well, you know, you take your non-believer friend and, mm -hmm. you know, you have this dialogue about, um, you know, atheism versus, you know, um, um, yeah, I mean, you have this dialogue, you know, atheism versus Christianity and that kind of thing. Um, but truthfully, if I were to take my <laughs> my atheist friend to go and see it, they would, you know, like, why do you, you know, why you bring me, you know what I mean? Yeah, it would, it yeah. would be that kind of thing because we, the conversations that we have about God are a little different. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not debating, though some do, and mm -hmm. I don't discount that. Mm -hmm. um, we're usually not debating um, Big Bang, I mean, uh -huh. you know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's right. more. Right, it's a conversation that goes through the science uh, window, right. it goes through other kinds of windows. Which, but, very valid, though, right. and particularly to see on screen, and I think very valuable uh, to the degree that um, there's some who have not necessarily seen that mm -hmm. in film before, mm -hmm. where you have that debate, kind of scholarly debate going back and forth. So mm -hmm. I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. um, on a heart level, though, mm -hmm. the friends of mine that that don't believe that there's a God, like we have different conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I don't know that this movie was trying to capture that. It was more of a rally the troops um, something that's very encouraging to our faith. And in the in the theater that we were in, there was an amen corner. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, so, huh. you know, as we're watching the film and they're debating, you know, on this side, hey, you know, I mean, literally, yeah, yeah tell him, tell him, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you, you know yeah. this was one that was meant, you know, to really encourage people in their faith. And I think that they succeeded in that, which is why it has been as successful as, as it has been. So they, you know, in terms of hitting the target, they they knock the the ball out the park. Mm -hmm. Okay, well that uh, it, it's it's an interesting movie. I think it's worth I think it's worth seeing. Um, it, it's it's another one that puts the conversation on the table from a completely different angle, mm -hmm. and there are angles to see. I, I think you're right. I think most of the uh, non-believing public that would go see it would probably say, I, I think I'm seeing a caricature of what I represent as opposed to what I really feel and why I feel it. And I think that's probably true. I mean, I, but I don't know it was made for them. Uh, I don't think it yeah, was that's, the pro that's the problem. Uh, and so <laughs> that's why it doesn't cross over. You know, so that's, that's the point. Not, no, that's exactly. Not. <laughs> so for Christians, exactly. by Christians, about Christians. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. So um, it, 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 like I say, it was an interesting movie, and I, you know, I, I've again, I've seen people trash it. I've seen people oh, praise yeah. it without any qualifications, and I, again, I think it lies somewhere in between. No. Yeah. Now we'll go to the last one. Son of God. Yes. Uh, let me let me deal with one issue that comes up. I'm I'm in the process of I've been asked to write uh, about what we're doing the podcast on for mm -hmm. uh, for one particular organization where I've expressed a concern about the stuff that I've seen about Hollywood movies on their site. Okay. And so I told them what what I wanted to say and how I want to say it that we need to watch movies differently and not just apply the biblical standard to it, but to think through these other issues that we're mentioning. Yeah. And in the reply that I got when they invited me to go ahead and submit the article, uh, this particular person said, you know, I don't like any portrayals of Jesus at all. Mm. And I think what's at work here, and I want to address this first, is, is a variation of the first commandment. 
the idea that you you know I shouldn't have any image of God before me. Jesus is my oh. God, and so okay. I shouldn't have any image of God before me. That any image of God that I create will be a distortion of what the real God is, and somehow demeans Him. Okay. And uh, this is this is very strong in certain uh, Reformation traditions, okay. and uh, and so it's there. And I was thinking about that, and I thought you know, and, and I've heard the argument before, and, and it's been argued eloquently by some very, very well-known theologians. Uh, but here's what's in the back of my mind, two things. First is the issue of not having an image of God in front of you is partly related to the idea of worshiping this image. Right. It's associated with the act of worship as opposed to the act of portrayal, if I can right. make that distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I make an image of another God? I make an image of another God so I can bow down, down before it. Yeah. So, it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, and this is a little more complicated, is we all have images of God. Every one of us walks out with one of them in our head. And, uh, and, and so we all have to do this to one degree or another in order to relate to God. So, so there is a conversation taking about the images of God, whether he's portrayed that way in a movie or whether it's done verbally or whether it's done through a book or whether it's done through a gospel. Okay. So, so we're in this conversation no matter what. So then the question becomes, all right, then how do I deal with it? So I wanted to get that on the table before we talk about movies that relate to Son of God. Now, I'm, uh, the, way I figure, the way I'm going to go into the Son of God is to compare it to the Passion. Okay. Uh, my take on, on uh, Son of God and Passion was two very different films. Yes. Uh, both trying to say fairly close to the Bible, but both also taking some license with the Bible. We've already talked about that. Both accounts mm -hmm. did that. I thought there was a clean narrative running through the Passion because it was focused on the last week, which is the easiest part of Jesus' ministry to, to keep a focused story on. Yeah, so that's true. The Son of God, because it took the swath of Jesus' life, even beginning all the way back to his birth, felt more like there's this story about Jesus, there's this story about Jesus, there's this story about Jesus, there's this story about Jesus. But I had a little bit of trouble in terms of the film following the, the narrative line, line mm -hmm. of what was being covered as we were moving through the various stories. Not that it wasn't uh, effectively portrayed, and there are certain scenes that I thought were brilliant. Um, I I remember the first time you know this film was a repackaging of stuff that was done for the series the Bible and in fact it it struck me as a film that looked like it was more made as an adaptation for TV that now is on the big screen that that well, shouldn't surprise exactly us that's exactly what it was right. but the scene that one of the scenes that struck me the most when I saw the previews of the Bible. Uh, and I should make a full disclosure, I did some consulting work with the team when they were putting it together very, very early on. But one of the, one of the, one of the scenes was the scene where Jesus' hand turns mm -hmm. and you can see the nail print coming through. And I thought, wow, what a way to visualize that. Mm -hmm. Very, very effective, very, very powerful. Uh, and, and, the, and they wrestled with imagery uh, in a completely different way than the passion. The passion imagery was about shock. Okay, I, I describe the passion as a shock and awe Jesus movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, because it was because yeah. it was des- the the violence of Jesus's death was in yeah. your face all the way through. Yeah, it was very violent. Uh, in contrast, this was the person of Jesus moving from event to event. You saw his compassion. You saw him wrestle with things, and you were getting a a, a sense of, of of who this figure figure was as you move through, even though, I, like I say, I think they did wrestle a little bit with the narrative line and having a narrative line, whereas the passion had a compelling narrative line that it was working with. Okay. So I compare the two films, and I found myself, in all honesty, much more moved by the passion, whether that has to do with my own faith commitment to the cross and the fact that that was so central in that movie versus the more generic way in which Jesus' mission was handled, the Son of God or not. I don't know. I haven't... I, I haven't had enough time to process that reaction. Right. But that's how the Son of God struck me. Again, good film. Right. Uh, I think it gave us good glimpses of Jesus' life. There are places where it plays with the narrative in ways that bothered some people but didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Let me give you two examples. Okay. One was said to be uh, the Son of God um, at the Last Supper doesn't mention sin at the Last Supper. So there's no sin in in the story, and to make matters worse, when he announces Judas's betrayal, he goes and tells Judas to do what he does quickly, and someone said, oh, that's a hint of the Gnostic view of mm. Judas and the Gospel of Judas. Now again, this is something that people may or may not know about, but theologians might be aware of it. Yeah. And so uh, so what a, what it, it was a, it was an anti Last Supper story, okay, if you, by the way it was portrayed, whether intentional or not. Two things about that. One is the issue of sin is very much in the movie because the first miracle that Jesus performs early on is the healing of the paralytic in mm-hmm. which the story of sin is very much about what Jesus is about and that, that shadows then the rest of the conversation. Okay, so that's incident number one. And the idea that this is somehow Gnostic totally ignores also the beginning of the movie in which Jesus is seen as having been present even at the creation. And the creation in the Bible is positive, and the creation in Gnosticism is negative. Jesus wouldn't have had anything to do with it as the Creator God. So so it can't be Gnostic. The interpretation will not allow you to go there. So... That's said about the first. The second scene that I've heard bring up is the calling of Peter, the fishers of men. And here the story's been simplified. We don't have the co-workers of Peter with him. It's just Jesus and Peter. It's very focused. Mm -hmm. And the remark that's made at the end isn't nearly that I will make you fishers of men, but we will change the world. And there was an objection to the insertion of that idea into the text. That didn't bother you. That didn't bother me. Because yeah, if I ask myself, <laughs> what is being fishers of men about and what are fishers of men supposed to do, they're supposed uh, to change the way people view the way they live life. This episode is brought to you by the Grace Enough podcast. I am its host, Amber Cullum. Each week, I sit down with a guest to discuss hard truths and the unwavering grace of God they've experienced while journeying in God's kingdom here on earth. You'll hear from guests like Jen Wilkin, Jamie Ivey, Andy Crouch, and Scott McKnight. Listen to these conversations and more by searching Grace Enough Podcast on your favorite listening app or by visiting graceenoughpodcast.com. 
You know what it felt like? It felt like to me the before the commercial break. Mm -hmm. You know, the yeah. kind of dun-da-dun-dun. Uh -huh. We're going to change the world. Uh -huh. Go to commercial break. Uh -huh. So, I mean, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 it felt it's, a, it's, a, it's the pronouncement line that you do in order to take your break before you move on to the next thing. That's what it felt like for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but needless to yeah. say, I get it. I yeah, get it. yeah. So, so fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's my that was my take on the Son of God. So so Naima, here's your here's your chance. What's um, your, what did you think of it? Okay. So to to address um, how you said the narrative line was was a little fuzzy. Mm -hmm. I think that was because it was a recut version mm -hmm. of material that had already been filmed for the series, okay. for the Bible series on the History Channel. Um, when you are a filmmaker and you go into the project to make a film mm -hmm. and just make that film, mm -hmm. that script has to be so tight, which is what you saw with Passion of the Christ. Uh -huh. That that one script yeah. has been—I mean, it has been flushed out and flushed out and flushed out to its tightest measure uh -huh. to get you from point A to point Z uh -huh. in that amount of time, you know, and to take you on that story. Uh -huh. With this, when you have a situation where you filmed. You know, hundreds of hours of film, mm -hmm. and you you did it for a television series, mm -hmm. but then you go, you know what? People across the world are not able to watch a ten-hour, you know, mm -hmm. miniseries. Mm -hmm. Let's recut it down to two hours and do a film. Mm -hmm. Then you are piecing together, and you still have the footage, so you can still make a story out of it. But that's a very different process mm -hmm. um, than. We're going to shoot this film. That's an and interesting observation. Very much so. And then yeah. you see the results. Yep. Passion of the Christ still is, you know, I mean, worldwide it made over $600 million. Mm -hmm. It is still to this day the top-selling rated R movie of all time mm -hmm. um, because in that rated R, of course, came because of the, the violence. violence. And yep. I've only seen it once in life, and I, and I really only have to see it once. That's right. The images are still seared, yes. seared in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, so I got it. I mm -hmm. got it. But the world responded accordingly, mm -hmm. meaning we got the story, people went out, and you know, to this day, it's the top selling Christian movie of all time. You know, mm -hmm. it is considered the most controversial yeah. movie of yeah. all time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he just obliterated a whole lot of records. And that is the movie actually that got Hollywood's attention. Mm -hmm. It was 10 years ago mm -hmm. that Passion came out, Mel Gibson made it for 30 million. It grossed over six hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. Talk about the little indie movie that could. Mm -hmm. um, so you know that's when Hollywood perked up and said, "Whoa, wait a minute! There's an mm -hmm. audience here." Now you know. Fast forward. If we compare that um, now, the Bible series did very good on the History Channel. Mm -hmm. um, in recutting it into Son of God, mm -hmm. it hasn't had as much of that same push mm -hmm. um, or impact yet mm -hmm. that Passion did because that kind of central through line is missing and because a lot of people already saw the Bible series. Mm -hmm. So if you've already seen the series on TV mm -hmm. and now I'm going to go and pay $15 to see the I'm going to go see it yep. in the movie. Yeah. You know, so it, it was almost like a you know, I don't know if they um, you know, kind of put an obstacle in their own way, so mm -hmm. to speak, um, but audiences still, of course, you know, um, go you know, have gone out to see it and for me I'll say this, and this is just, I mean, I kind of got it in my own Hollywood Christian community because mm -hmm. as a community, we all really, you know, try as best we can to support one another. Mm -hmm. But I went on my blog, you know, mm -hmm. and because they had said mm -hmm. that they had worked really hard mm -hmm. to try to keep this very close to the narrative, mm -hmm. I actually went in, again, mm -hmm. expecting mm -hmm. that it would be very close to the narrative. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, 
I had an adjustment period mm -hmm. when I first started watching at least the series on television. I had to adjust and go, okay, this you know this is this is not quite that so I have to adjust mm -hmm. and the little things like that with the conversation with Peter I'm like well if the, if the language is there if the text is there like he did not say we're gonna go change the world change the world uh -huh. I was like ah oh, man so in that regard I probably originally just really just had some you know just some wrestlings and um uh, Roma is being honored at the, the conference that I'm speaking at this week, and so I hope to be able to chat and dialogue mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more, you know, in that regard. Um, but, again, a real big kind of whopping, hey, we got Hollywood's attention, mm -hmm. because when that miniseries blew up on mm -hmm. the History Channel, mm -hmm. and those numbers poured in, and it was something like 13 million views or something like mm -hmm. that, I... I was invited to a conference probably within four to five months mm -hmm. after that, where it was a room full of uh, of, of studios and executives and people going, "How do we how do we do that kind of series? Mm -hmm. We want those numbers. Mm -hmm. What you know? How do we do this? Mm -hmm. You know, who's got the next story? What you know? What it's it's seen as a how do we get a piece of that pie? Mm -hmm. And they were asking. You know the family-friendly faith community. Mm -hmm. How do we recreate this? Because obviously, you guys want this kind of material. Mm -hmm. So um, when it's all said and done, the series, at least on the in by way of the television series, um, made huge waves, mm -hmm. and the movie has not done as well. But again, a lot of people it saw the series. It, it has not done poorly. It has not done poorly. That's right. That's, that's right. right. To that degree. Yeah. It just probably. Um, in comparison, in the sense that you were comparing right. the two movies, um, hasn't done as yeah. But across the board, what these three films, and even when Heaven Is for Real that comes out the week of of Easter, mm -hmm. um, one of my friends uh, was executive producer on that. When that film comes out, and we saw it, and it was a very very sweet film, and that that's one very much like God Is Not Dead, mm -hmm. uh, that will be embraced by mm -hmm. the family of faith um, because it is such a um, it is such a an innocent um, telling of who God is and who Jesus is mm -hmm. through the eyes of a child. Mm. Um, and in the screening that we were in, mm -hmm. quick note, in the screening that we were in, there was there was an atheist in the room and she said, I have to call myself a lapse atheist. I wanted to hate this movie, but the portrayals are so authentic and so real and the way that this movie was handled, she said, I'm just, wow. Hmm. Wow. And so, you know what I mean? So yeah. in, in that degree... Shows what those, art can do. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So with these kind of four movies out the gate and doing so well, mm -hmm. Hollywood's going, okay, you know, we, we're taking notice, we're seeing, and we will create more. Um, those last three, though, are mm -hmm. all independent films. Mm -hmm. So, and this is something that I mentioned even to some mm -hmm. of the people that were uh, into, um, were dialoguing with me. I said... It is. I do not expect the studio system to mm -hmm. produce a, a biblically accurate or Christian-themed movie mm -hmm. that the church would be okay with. Mm -hmm. But the independent films mm -hmm. um, are a little bit um, more able to do that. Mm -hmm. God is not dead. Right. Heaven is for real. They're you know they're they're more able to do that because you are financing um, your own 
um, your own idea. Like you're the person that's financing them when you're doing it independently and you don't have a studio mm -hmm. with 50 people that have to sign off on whether or not this goes to screen or not. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And that is, at the end of the day, that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And I know we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, don't want to, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. But that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is this is still a business. Mm -hmm. And the people that sign the check get the authority to decide what will actually be on the screen. Mm -hmm. So God is not dead, the pure flicks, mm -hmm. you know, when they sign the mm -hmm. check, they said, okay, we are we are promoting and putting out this film that, you know, that that is going to be dear to our Christian community and it's an independent film. Now, will it make as much as Noah? Probably not, but they also didn't spend as much as Noah. That's right. You know, and it was completely to two different audiences. Mm -hmm. um, Heaven is for real. They spent $14 million. That's considered a small budget. That's a very small budget <laughs> in yeah, movie terms. Amazingly you know, small. That's a small budget. Yeah. Will it do wonderfully? Yes. Right, because they made it's a well-made film mm -hmm. with a clear message mm -hmm. um, that's you know authentically portrayed by good actors. You know, this is not the you know the bad acting kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's you know good actors, and um, and it's independently done, mm -hmm. so it will make its money back. Um, and same thing, Son of God. You know, it's made its money back um, to that degree. So those are my thoughts. Okay. Those are my thoughts. Uh, uh, that's helpful. I, I mean, I think that. That hopefully, you know, what we've tried to do by overviewing these films, and I need to make a caveat because this will probably release after Heaven is Real is out in oh, terms of yes, when it yes. goes online. Okay. But, um, uh, but uh, what we've tried to do is to talk about and get us to think about how we should view these movies that we are looking at. And I think the key bottom line, if I can. If if there can be can there be a homiletical idea in a yes, podcast? <laughs> bring it, bring uh, it. <laughs> it is 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 to yes assess the material for its for its biblical uh, faithfulness and veracity as you yeah. see it. That's fine, but bring that conversation to the table, yes. having seen the movie. And see the movie as an opportunity to discuss and engage at a cultural level about God with people whose conception of God um, is defined by a whole lot of other things, and, uh, and yet at the same time people whom, whom we are called to engage cool. with. And the hope would be that if we become better uh, listeners of what movies do as we watch them, uh, we might actually become better conversation partners about what That's movies great. can do for people because of the topics that they raise, right. not just the content that they have. The, um, that's, I think you said that so beautifully in the sense that the top three movies of all time all have the storyline of a main character that was willing to give up his life for those whom he loved, mm -hmm. right? We identify with story, and we particularly identify with the story of love. Top, top movie is Avatar. The next one is Titanic. Titanic. Mm -hmm. And the last one is Avengers. Hmm. Those three have all done, to, you know, collectively, you know, close to seven billion. The world said, that's a story that we relate to. Mm -hmm. So it's not just Hollywood is making 
mm-hmm. you know, these anti-God mm-hmm. movies. No, they're making movies that they know we identify with and telling the story in a different way, right? Telling mm-hmm. the story in a different way. Mm-hmm. As a community, we come to the table and say, hey, that, that story in Avatar right there, that, that's our story. We get that story. That's our story. Yep. That's, that's, that is exactly what God did for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That is exactly what Jesus did for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Avengers, you know? <laughs> Tony Stark, Iron Man, is, you know, he's sacrificing his life. He's mm-hmm. going up into the, you know, against the aliens and flying into space, and you don't know if he's going to live, but he was willing. Mm-hmm. He was willing to sacrifice his life, and they thought they lost him mm-hmm. completely. We get that story. Mm-hmm. We say, hey, that's our story. That is the story. That is the story. But if we're not, if we're not engaged in the dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, if we're not at that table, we, we can't even say, like, hey, that's, that's our story. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. Uh, so, yes, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> Hands down agree. Yes. Well, well, thanks, Naima, for coming in. I really do appreciate that you were willing to come in a little early so that we were able to get you here in person. It's a pleasure to meet you face-to-face for the Yay. first time. And uh, and I, I'm going to tell you, I hope that we can get you back now and again awesome. to do this with us awesome. for different awesome. movies. Uh, our goal, uh, in part, on the table conferences, to discuss issues related to culture, and certainly, nothing drives cultural conversation as much as uh, media does, and particularly yes. movies. Uh, and so, um, thinking about how to engage movies intelligently is important in thinking about the relationship between God and culture. So, I thank you for coming in. Thank you. And we thank you for being a part of the table today where we discuss issues of God and culture. Thanks for listening to the Table Podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit dts.edu slash the table. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well. Thank you.